James 3 talks about uh, controlling the tongue. It starts off saying that not many should become teachers because we will rec receive a stricter judgment. We all stumble in many ways, everybody. And if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a mature man who is also able to control his whole body. I don't know about you. I struggle a lot to control what I say, especially around my kids, because they they have the ability to push my buttons like nobody else. It's like they're half made out of the same stuff I was made out of. So I'm not there, certainly. Uh, then it talks a little bit about uh, bits and uh, and rudders on a ship, talking about how this tiny little thing can, can drive you one way and the other way and, and change your outcome for better or worse. And that is the tongue. Uh, so if you can learn to control your tongue, you're doing really well. And then at, down here at the end of that section, he says, Out of the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things should not be this way. He's saying, out of the same mouth, we, we bless God and we uh, encourage and help people. But out of the same mouth, we curse people and we hurt people. And we put people down and we judge people and we we do all these things that are uh, poison in the well it says uh, does a spring pour out sweet and bitter water from the same opening um, it, and then earlier he talks about um, it's a restless evil this tongue it's full of deadly poison and so we have this poison we have this bitterness that we mix with what is good and what does that result do you have half good and half bad? No, you have a poisoned well, and it hurts people. And he's stressing the importance of watching what we say. So later on in another section here, um, he's talking about the humble and the proud. And he, I, I never actually got this verse entirely in context. So he's saying, what is the source of the wars and fights among you? Don't they come from your cravings that are wars within you? You desire to have something. You murder and covet and you do not obtain. You fight in war. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask because you don't receive. Sorry. Uh, you ask and don't receive because you ask wrongly. So that you may spend it on your desires for pleasure. So I, I never put together that he's talking about cravings and like what people want for themselves i thought this you know that verse i've always heard it in context of prayer of saying uh you should ask in prayer and then you'll get what you want and then they usually caveat it with but it has to be what god wants well here he's actually talking about more of the human condition than anything else he's saying that there are wars and there are battles going on there are there's strife and he's talking to a church here so it's it's a lot you know maybe not necessarily actual wars and battles maybe it's an internal like bitterness and creating clicks but you do all of that because there's something inside you that you want that you can't have you don't get it and all of that is driven by pride and by self-seeking and then and then it says you 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 need to ask you, you don't demand you don't take you ask and you ask um, you need to ask rightly. It says you don't receive because you ask wrongly. So how do you ask rightly? Uh, he has a little bit of a yelling at people for a second here. And then later on, he says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. 
What is the right attitude to have before God? He says, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. What does that humility look like? That's the opposite of this taking and grabbing and wanting but not having. It is humbly coming before God and, and weeping. It says, cleanse your hands, sinners, purify your hearts, you double-minded people. Be miserable and mourn and weep. Your laughter must change to mourning and your joy to sorrow. Humble yourself before the Lord and he will exalt you. He's saying this whole thing about what's warring inside of us is causing us to break the world down because that's not how we were made. We were made to humbly come before God, to submit to him and to ask and to work hard. And then he will help us and he will be with us and he will um, help us accomplish those things that are right and good that he wants to accomplish through us. You see, he doesn't accomplish the things that we want because we want them. He wants his spirit in us to change who we are to be more like him. And then we want the things he wants and then we do those things. And so then is it God doing what he wants or is it us doing things with God's help. It's both. It's us serving with God, but humbly under him. That's the, that's the rule and reign that we see in, uh, in the Garden of Eden, or at least how it was supposed to be set up. He set up Adam and Eve to humbly work with God, and they got to share in that joy, and they got to build and, and name animals and, and walk with God humbly and do awesome stuff. It didn't last real long, but that is what God is rebuilding in us, that we humbly walk with him, give the glory to him, and he will do amazing and great things in us and through us. And that is first of the lessons in chapter 4.